In an age of MMOs and virtual couches, where does single-player fit in? Now that it's out, what is the Nintendo 3DS like? And Alan Alda wasn't going to play Duke Nukem in the first place, but what is the modern, enlightened Western world going to make of a new objective game type called Capture the Babe? I'm Michael Ubaldi, James Day, Ed Kirchgesner, and Heather Richtmeyer will discuss all that and more on the April 12th Game & Player Podcast. Did you just work an Alan Alda reference into the podcast? Oh, I did. Oh. He played, uh, he played Hawkeye Pierce on Nash. Nash. And he was uh, essentially the, the anti, uh, anti-man man. He was the, the poster child of the sensitive, uh, let's say free-spirited 70s man with a perm. I would You're say. You're showing your age there, Mike. Oh my God. Yeah. Did he ever have a perm? I thought he just had... Oh, I nice maybe feathering. just yeah. I think he he had nicely feathered hair. Yeah, Alan Alda actually <laughs> received a lot of play in uh, Bloom County, a an eighties uh, social political uh, commentary strip, um, a comic strip, j- j- just basically as Antonomasia, um, or like well, Antonomasia is the, the personification of equality via a person by saying saying, and Alan Alda, or referring to Alan Alda and meaning. You know, a quality. Kind of, yeah, well, uh, basically like an '80s metrosexual, um, but that, although not yeah, quite. I, I not mean, quite '80s. Um, yeah, but, but, but that's actually not a bad uh, kind of like a kind of like a prelude to metrosexual. The the yeah, a man who isn't a man's man and isn't bothered anyway. Okay. Someone who isn't so that. insecure as to try and prove himself manly incessantly. That is a beautiful way of putting Alan Alda, Heather. You have summed up the man in a way that he should be summed up because he is Alan Alda. He is Alan Alda. Um, hear him kind of roar. <laughs> hear him wisecrack. Uh, wisecracks are a good thing. All right. So I was uh, doing my weekly round of scanning headlines for news on Skyrim, and I read an article... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't necessarily Everybody strike me. Cheers, everyone. Somebody mail me some vodka or something. Uh, as, as Tony Nor once said about drinking games, I want to have fun. I don't want to die. <laughs> and I think we might have trouble with the uh, the frequency. But anyway, I was How doing something that I, <laughs> I was doing something that I that I do often. But I found uh, uh something apart from the usual staple of screenshots or hype from Bethesda. And it, it didn't necessarily strike me as anything newsworthy, but I did find it uh, 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 worth discussing because it was news. And that is the fact that Skyrim, uh, an Elder Scrolls game, is not going to be multiplayer. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but I think in this uh, this time where much of what we do is uh, uh, multiplayer, um, much of what we do is online with a network of friends th- to whom we're always connected, to do that is uh, uh, a little out of step. That's stupid. I'm not going to buy that game. Seriously, like, I can't wait until a mod. But what do you guys think about that? <laughs> I, I guess the story and the approach of the Elder Scrolls games has never struck me as something that would fit in well with the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. When you're being the one hero. Exactly. And I think, too, that the depth that you have and to a degree the linearity where once you complete something, 
the landscape has changed, which is, uh, uh, to a degree, contended with uh, with phasing in uh, World of Warcraft, but um, it's, it's the kind of environment that you expect to be uh, affected only by you. But I guess, to, to, to the, the larger thing, point... The only thing I would say to counter that, Mike, is that yeah. it's still not a linear experience. No. Um, which I would almost argue helps it if it ever would want to become more of a multiplayer game. Um, another, another uh, not Bethesda property, but at least same publisher, Take-Two game that rings a bell with me was the original Bioshock. People were shocked that Bioshock, huh, that did not mean that pun. People were, uh, <laughs> people were Bioshock. People were shocked by Bioshock. Taken aback by the fact that this game didn't have an online multiplayer component, but it didn't need it. It was such a good single-player experience. Who really gave a crap if I couldn't hop online and shoot my friends with, you know, a big daddy drill? You know, it, it didn't matter because you had 80 other games that probably would have had better multiplayer components anyways. Why force another one onto the market? Yeah, um, just in terms of division of effort and labor, I'd rather see the single-player experience of a game I'm playing for single-player be well-developed and try and figure out a way to implement multiplayer. Exactly. If that's the developer's focus, let that be, you know? It's Yeah, that's a larger point I'm I'm looking to to examine. And perhaps it's not, it's just me. Um back in the day, back in the early 90s, uh mid 90s, I would uh, put hours and hours uh, in my uh, parents' house's basement uh, playing computer games. Of, of course, then it was all single player, and I thought nothing of it. As I got into college and I uh, kind of got back into video games uh, towards the end, especially uh, through uh, StarCraft, I found that um, I would end a session of single player gaming feeling as if I had lost time that I hadn't necessarily accomplished something. And then fast forward to 2004, um, when I'm suddenly playing Halo 2 with uh, a bunch of friends for six hours on a Friday night, and I feel as if it all went by in a flash and every minute of it was time well spent. And I guess I'm just wondering if if single player is now relegated to a niche um, that may or may not uh, uh, very much benefit games, as we've d described, um, but but it does have limited use in this age of where well, you gotta have a multiplayer, um, or is it a time tested and uh, uh, evergreen feature? I certainly still like single player gaming, though I I know that I have the opportunity to pursue it much less than I used to. Um, single player gaming is not dependent on other people. That is. A positive in many cases, I would say. <laughs> I think the, the majority of uh, people who buy games as well uh, don't tend to get involved in multiplayer. Um, a staggering amount of people that I know who were uh, who bought every Halo game never touched the, the multiplayer or the online, which... Always boggled my mind, but uh, you know that sort of trend continues with the with the masses outside of the hardcore gamers. I find um, so. I think there'll always be uh, a, you know a piece of the market for single player for those you know more casual people who don't really you know want to invest time in playing with other people and maybe uh, 
you know, paying for Xbox Live Gold and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point, James. I don't know. I haven't seen any numbers recently, but I remember back with the original Xbox being amazed at how small the adoption rate actually was for Xbox Live subscription. Yeah, compared you know, to as compared to the number of consoles sold. Um, I think it was as low as like five or ten percent of Xbox owners actually had an Xbox Live subscription. Um, I'm sure that that's increased now as a percentage of users with the adoption of you know a free option. I think that's going to skew mm-hmm. the numbers though. Is that I'm sure Microsoft's going to count its silver membership holders as part of their Xbox Live subscription base when really these people can't play games online for the most part they can simply download content mm-hmm. even at, though though uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a number that would still be staggering yeah i think nowadays low you mean exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah. A, a lot of us buy a console and we kind of see it as a television set if it if it isn't connected to some outside source then it's useless whereas a lot of people do view a console as uh, uh, a way to play games. I think now the, the the response to that data would be then begging the question, why do developers put so much time and effort in multiplayer and, and in many cases tack it on to titles? If A, not a lot of people are necessarily going to be making use of it, and B, maybe the, uh, the age-old dilemma of Microsoft or the, uh, the online uh, uh, support is making money off of my game, but I'm not necessarily making money off my game. Is this the one way that developers feel they can tip their hat to the uh, the new hardcore? It could be it. Um, yeah. I, I, by no means am I saying that's the answer, but that's... Gosh, I haven't, I've never even thought about it that way, but off the top of my head, that's the only um, explanation I really could even say to justify, because you're right. Why would you spend all this time and money developing a multiplayer component that maybe like 10, 15 percent of your user base is actually experiencing. You know what it could be? It could be a uh, an ornament of corporate, uh, corporate culture where That's possible. suits say, hey, this data indicates that 90 percent of gamers are not going to buy a game if it doesn't have multiplayer, even though 25 percent of them are actually going to use it and you know only 40 percent are capable. And some mm. of that if knows, they're but... reporting something like the Elder Scrolls, oh no, it doesn't have multiplayer, then companies will look at that and go, huh, if we don't have multiplayer, people are going to be shocked and confused by this. Yeah, and again, I don't necessarily think that this is any surprise. I, I would have been surprised uh, uh, the other way if Skyrim did have multiplayer. And I would say that an Elder Scrolls game is probably one of the last few refuges that I would consider a place where I want to lose myself. Um I'm actually going to disagree with you there. I am a bit shocked that it doesn't have multiplayer. Um, Just because there have been enough other games on console that have perhaps experimented with it and to a certain degree proven it can work. Small party multiplayer. Um, Fable gave it a shot, I would say, not successfully. Mm -hmm. But then you have games like Final Fantasy Online, which has often wrongly been branded as an MMO. Really, it's just, you know, a multiplayer role-playing experience Um, because it's only three or four people at a time. Yeah, there was a lobby system that allowed you to play with strangers, but who the heck would? Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, we have Two Worlds as well, 
which you know was a kind of a, the first game, which is the only one I've, I've played in the series, was kind of like a poor man's Elder Scrolls, but at least they um, attempted to make that leap into multiplayer. And I'd argue it's the kind of multiplayer I would want to see in a game like Elder Scrolls, almost like a Diablo-style multiplayer. Um, perhaps we're not doing story-based things together, but hey, let's meet up at a dungeon and let's run that dungeon together. That could be a fun way to spend the next 45 minutes, you know, me and three friends that mm-hmm. I just want to chat up with. A medieval um, run and gun. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I think that that could be one way to make the bridge is to somehow have a multiplayer component that kind of played a little bit into this, your single-player campaign. I could take my character from single-player and then go to these multiplayer dungeons where I could have access to new gear or something that I then could bring with me, you know, throughout my adventures single player again. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit surprised. And I, I would almost go so far as to say I'm a little bit let down that there wouldn't be a multiplayer component because I've, I've always enjoyed multiplayer dungeon crawls. Mm-hmm. I know the thing about the Elder Scrolls as compared to some other... RPGs as well is it doesn't have a party base. It's it's not like Mass Effect or something where you have a party of characters you're bringing with you as well. It's just you. It's just you, yeah. Although, that is true. Have you picked up companions? Well, I guess in in Oblivion you could pick up a fan, couldn't you? Uh, a, and uh, people uh, consistently came up with more and more creative ways to f- kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a handful of escort quests as well, and, and they never went well for me in, uh, in the last game. Uh, yes, well, you can't exactly go restart the escort quest, because if you get somebody killed, they're kind of dead. They're kind of dead. dead. Yeah. Ah, persistence. Blah. <laughs> so, James, tell us about the 3DS. Yeah, um, so it came out a few weeks ago. Uh as Ed mentioned previous, uh, some people are saying that it's kind of underwhelmed in sales in, uh, well, pretty much every region, actually. I mean, I've seen uh, reports uh, from the UK, from America and Japan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am actually pretty happy with the, the console itself, uh, personally. Um but not for like the reasons that uh, you know they kind of advertised uh, the 3D effect, which is obviously the big selling point, as it's you know named the 3DS, is actually yeah it was kind of disappointing when I saw it at uh, an event not that long ago, and to be honest, it's uh, probably quite low down on the uh, list of my favorite things about the system. Um, Interesting. Yeah, like, uh, have any of you guys seen 3D movies in cinemas at all? Uh, ah, they've given me migraines often, yes. <laughs> I did, <laughs> actually, a long, long time ago. Um, trying to remember what the name was. It was this, uh, I don't know if, it, I don't think it was Don Bluth, or if it was proto-Don Bluth, but it was a cartoon, it was sci-fi, it was maybe called The Star Titan Chaser. Titan A.E. What's that? Is that the one you think of? Titan A.E.? I think that might no, have been. No, 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 and this was like in 80, 85. Oh, oh okay. okay. So you haven't experienced new 3D then? Oh yeah. no, I haven't. I experienced yeah. old 3D with those those the goofy red glasses. And blue glasses. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're dating yourself again there, Mike. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so, 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 so how's Alan Alda doing, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I got this awesome song on my A track in my '79 Eldorado. <laughs> 
Well, well, if you uh, do go and see any of the, uh, you know, the modern 3D with the the glasses that aren't colored, they're basically see-through. They're polarized. I, I think that they kind of work on a, on a system of polarization, if I understand right, but yeah, um, I'm not a physicist. Thank you, Mr. Wizard. Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you, if you see, uh, see something like Tron, uh, what was it called? Tron Legacy. Tron, yeah, Legacy. Yeah. Um, the 3D is like, it's not kind of like jumping out at you style, um, like you'd imagine from, uh, I don't know, some of the old uh, films that used to be out in the old, you know, blue and red 3D, where they would, you know, make a point of things jumping out the audience to, you know, wow them and scare them. So and it's kind of look, like, we have 3D, we have 3D, we have 3D. Yeah. <laughs> um, Buy some popcorn yeah. and soda. Yeah. Have a dinosaur coming straight at your face or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like the depth of the 3DS and mo most of the movies I've seen in the cinemas is like, it's inwards. So yes. stuff isn't popping out. It's, it's sort of led, you know, inside the screen, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. So it's not as kind of, it's more subtle um, in that way. Have you yet been physically pulled into your 3DS yet? No, sadly. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, that's false advertising. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote an article for the site actually not that long ago about the the way they advertised it uh, originally with like Mario and Bowser jumping out of the screen and attacking, you know. Reggie fils me, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it kind of is false advertising. But um, I find that the, the other features are much more interesting, like the augmented reality uh features which uh i don't know how much you guys know about just the concept of augmented reality i've messed um, around with a number of augmented uh, reality websites that still boggle my mind um very cool technologies very cool concept um yeah. i've never ex seen it brought to the gaming forefront but um give us a short summary okay so it will basically to use augmented reality in a sort of gaming sense you need a device that's got a camera so it will take uh, images, you know, like a, a live feed, like you'd see through like your, a viewfinder of a, you know, a video camera. And then it will layer elements on top of it. So it will make characters and things appear in real life, uh, basically, um, when you look through the screen. So uh, Nintendo have uh, using this and have wisely packed in uh, an application where you can uh, use augmented reality to play a, a few games on. Um, so in the box, uh, when you get your 3DS, you get these cards um, that you can put down on a, on a surface in real life, um, turn on your 3DS, go to the uh, augmented reality function, it'll uh, activate the, the camera, and basically you scan in the, these cards, and uh, it'll enable you to do different things. Um, like there's a game packed in... Which is like uh, it's really simple, but it's a, a good demonstration of what uh, the augmented reality stuff can do. Um, so like it, everything will be rendered in like full 3D. Um, so like targets will drop down. Say if I put the card on my desk, uh, these little targets will drop down, and you have to uh, sort of maneuver around it, uh, keeping the camera on on the area at all times, and. Uh, shoot the targets um you know it's it sounds extremely simple but you're using sort of uh actual physical space uh and, and the, the 
3DS actually has the uh, gyroscopes as well, so it can detect uh, your movement, um, and the camera's obviously locked on to the, the, the card. Um, so it's, it's, that's like a really simple example, but uh, it's, it's sort of a, a taste of what uh, can be done with augmented reality. Um, and later on, uh, it'll actually do some really neat effects, like um, eventually uh, you'll go through the, this target shoot of you know just firing arrows at these target boards, and eventually um, the, your surface will start to sort of bend um, on the screen, obviously. Nothing happens in real life, sadly. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and the surface will, will break, and a dragon, a giant dragon will basically come at you um, and you have to take him down by uh, using your your arrows again, um, but you can you can move all you know all around this card, and it will be rendering this you know dragon in three D space, and you obviously take aim at different parts of his body by physically moving around and, and shooting. So um, it's uh, it's kind of when you see it in motion and, and actually use it yourself, it just all suddenly clicks, and uh, it's quite. Uh, almost amazing uh, technology. Um, you know, that, that leads so, me to wonder then, based on what you thought was misrepresentation in the marketing for the 3DS, couldn't the 3DS have been advertised as the purveyor of, of this kind of gaming rather than the, the over-the-top uh, uh, you know, flip-side alternate reality dimension portal machine that it was? Yeah, it's that's definitely um, an odd decision by Nintendo. I mean, I think part of it was the that 3D is you know still quite hot right it's now. It's hot, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And because it's uh, glasses free 3D, it's mm-hmm. you know that's even more of a you know something that can wow people at the the moment you you know you set eyes on it. Basically, um, what's interesting is that uh, after reading some interviews with. Uh, the designers of the system, um, they actually said it uh, wasn't originally going to have any 3D technology. It was basically just going to be, you know, a high-powered successor to the DS. Um, So it wasn't even originally supposed to have that functionality. So, you know, the AR stuff is kind of maybe partly what they had in mind beforehand. But, uh, hmm. How much augmented reality was available to users of the DSi when it was released? Um, um, not much. Uh, okay, I was. Release, um, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, I was curious how how much then the the 3DS would have been a, just a stepping stone from the DSi, or if it truly is a new beast by adding all this augmented reality potential. Um, mm. It's, it's definitely a whole new beast. I mean, okay. graphically, it's uh, far more powerful. Uh, and another feature, which, um, not again, Nintendo aren't seem to be sort of uh, touting as much as they could be, is uh, the kind of passive multiplayer functionality that's that's uh, in the system. Um, do you guys know anything about the the Street Pass uh, system that they've? Uh, kind of been talking about but not I've much. read a little bit about it um, the idea that you'll be able to find other players like in your physical proxi- near your physical proximity um, yeah 
it's it's not please. for like um matching you up in like say a street fighter match you don't you know walk by someone who's got their street fighter 4 cartridge in and your ds beeps and then you know both your ds beeps you take them out and then you start fighting yes and then you get upset and you start whacking the other person over the head with your yeah, yeah, yeah. yes um no and then uh, a puppy pops out and shigeru yeah, miyamoto and shakes your hand yeah um, right but uh it's it's yeah it's a passive thing like uh the main uh sort of application that comes with it is called uh, uh that shows uh street passes uh me plaza um Basically, when you uh, it's it's always on when um, you sort of switch off your 3DS, you put it into sleep mode, and uh, if you pass by other people with their uh, 3DSs in sleep mode, you'll basically uh, grab their their me character, uh, and you can use them in uh, different ways. There are two games in here: one called Puzzle Swap, one called Street Pass Quest, where you can actually uh, take their characters into these games to help you out um which interesting is, yeah it's it's huh. highly addictive because um obviously the more people you street pass with the the bigger your party in the the rpg section and uh the more chance you are to get these uh puzzle pieces in the the puzzle game um so I mean, the games. Have you found are yourself really... wearing cargo pants more often, so you have a place to store your 3DS <laughs> when you're walking about town? No, it's I I take it everywhere. Um, yeah, that I can. Uh, also, if you even if you don't manage to street pass with other people, uh, you earn. It's, the system has a pedometer in it, so you're you earn these uh, play pot coins. I think they're called for every certain amount of steps you take as well. So wow, um, interesting. So you basically you take the 3DS out wherever you go, and you're kind of earning towards these games. Um, so it's just it's it's really quite cool, uh, and I've never heard of anything quite like it. And it's just so addictive as well because the uh, particularly the 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 RPG uh, mode called Street Pass Quest. Um, there's some hidden depth to it. It's kind of straightforward. Uh, so, so basically, you're going through this um, sort of linear set of rooms that have enemies in, um, and your, your heroes that you bring with you, they'll only have like two attacks. Uh, one is just like attack with your sword. One is attack with magic. Um, but the, obviously, there are different type of enemies and different, you know, a different type of weaknesses as you'd expect from any kind of fantasy RPG. But also, the color uh, of the the Mii's, uh top that you've or the players that you've met have set. Uh, changes the magic that they actually uh, use, so it's just uh, it's a surprising amount of depth for you know across all these different features for the street pass. Um, so much more interesting, honestly. It than, is, and it actually bums the... me out because this is what Nintendo, in a, in a portable sense, I've always thought it has excelled at is. Yeah, you know, wow. interesting multiplayer options, interesting interactivity between their different systems. Like thinking back to the Game Boy Advance and the Link cable, and then that cable to let you hook your Game Boy Advance to your GameCube and play games with multiple people. Like what was that one Link game? Uh, Link's Quest. Yeah, Force uh, yeah. Force yeah, Wars. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably my single favorite thing about the 3DS. Um, huh. It's just. Uh, it's just addictive to go around. It's kind of in a Pokemon-esque kind of way, going around and trying to mm-hmm. catch all these me's out in uh, in public, basically. Um, 
Though they probably didn't want to market it that way because it may come off as creepy. Possibly. Maybe, Although, you know, yeah. I could I but, could see a, a, a similar um, event trailer with, say, the same people, Miyamoto, fils with their little uh, 3DSs, and, you know, one guy is on a white background, another guy's on a white background, and suddenly the, the, uh, the, the camera zooms out, and they're right next to each other, and then it zooms out again, and you have... You know, all these other people with 3DSs, and it, it's uh, uh, kind of a small world after all, and they're all playing, and they're all part of a network. They're all friends and buddies and playmates. I don't know. I, the, the only reason why I could foresee them not pushing this feature forward in ad campaigns is yeah. that a lot of the user base of Nintendo handhelds, at least perhaps perceived, and re- I'm sure there's reality to it too, is, is, younger. is children. It's younger yeah, but, people. But still, I, I, if they're doing this, then that's actually what occurs. And, and you do have both young and old or young and, you know, 35 and right. I would just, I would just uh, living in a basement. Uh, right. I, I imagine Nintendo's concern would be that some media outlet would get a hold of this and look at it. Oh, hey, it's another way for, you know, Sick middle-aged men to prey on children. <laughs> Which uh, well, even though that, even Nintendo though no endorses man boy love. Yeah, exactly. Even though there's absolutely no truth to that, you know that some outlet would say, "Oh, the 3DS is bad. Children are sharing their personal yeah. information with others." But still, I already saw some commentary on an article saying the 3DS will make you vomit. Yeah, so. there was already a you know a tabloid inspired uh, controversy going on in the UK right now. Um, one of our delightfully uh, crass uh, newspapers, you know, put out an article basically saying that people were returning their 3DSs in droves because they were being made ill by them. Um, Wasn't the which, sun, was it? Yes, the sun. <laughs> um, so, oh, the yeah, they've already jumped on a different element of the 3DS to uh, try and demonize. But to be fair, Nintendo have done the usual and covered all their bases when it comes to the, uh, you know, of what's the best word for it, the sort of pedophilic use of a system. Um, you're, you can't really, when you street pass with someone else, there's not much actual information you can exchange other than like giving them your me and saying, you know, what was the latest game they played. Uh, you, you can only send um, like one really brief line of dialogue that you can actually customize. Well, that's customize, enough so. to be problematic considering yeah. some of the things I've seen from Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got to love the sun. British morals on the decline. Story on page three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, the street pass and the augmented reality stuff. Is uh, There's a lot of potential in there. Um, and Nintendo did well to put some really good uses of it in the actual uh, system itself. Um but yeah, so I'm definitely That's really happy cool. with that. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that because I, I had not really thought as much about those features. I think they've, they've kind of been graced over because the 3D aspect was the thing that really was grabbing headlines, at least in the mainstream media. And one yeah. thing that um, catches my interest too, the idea of augmented reality gaming, I would love to see it um, introduced more in Connect games. Uh, imagine if you could say... Something else for Microsoft to sell. Hopefully, they're listening to this podcast and will pay me a gratuity. Um, you, 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 could, you could sell articles of clothing. You could sell props, um, which would 
be, you know, augmented reality keyed for lack of a better word. Um, and would then change the way that your game plays online uh, or not online on screen. Um, mm. yeah, no, a lot of potential, I think. Yeah. And I'm just, the, the main thing I had been interested in though, the main stuff is somewhat different is, uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's, that's the game that everybody's kind of waiting for. The, the remake of, uh, you know, one of the best games of all time, as everyone yeah. likes to call it. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, going back to how the system, people have said it's been uh, underwhelming sales-wise, uh, the launch lineup of games in, you know, all regions were, was kind of disappointing. Um, I mean, you had the next-gen Nintendogs game, uh, which is largely Woo-hoo. the same as last time around, yeah. Um, you had Street Fighter 4, uh, which is was the best-selling um, in most places, but it's basically Street Fighter 4 again um, on a small screen. Uh, graphically, it was impressive, but, you know, gameplay-wise, it's not much different than what you're used to there. Um, and, yeah, uh, I've one of the reasons cited for in Japan, uh, you know, not it not selling that well is the the dominance of the the PSP, um, which you know, as Westerners, I think we find that you know mind boggling. Really, um, why would anyone <laughs> like the PSP? <laughs> I don't know. My little brother is horribly defensive over his PS3's online capabilities. So, <laughs> I honestly never taken one online. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> Does it have any games that have online? There are a couple. Well, there are a couple. Well, I, uh, the only game he plays on it is some cheesy sports tennis game and Modern Warfare. So. <laughs> oh, this is his PS3. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've I've used my PSP once or twice online. Um, I actually went so far as to get the uh, Sony branded PSP headset. Um, oh, you have so much trouble with headsets. I do, I do, but um, yeah, it's it was interesting how well things actually worked. I mean, any what was I playing? I think I was playing SOCOM on my PSP, um, and yeah, it it basically functioned like a rudimentary online shooter. All the issues were still the fact that you know the 3D controls for the PSP suck, but. Uh, I mean, the, the the online infrastructure was as good as SOCOM has ever been on either PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3. So, yeah, it was amazing how potent an online system it actually was. But mm. A part of the, the success of the PSP in Japan has been um, the sort of local multiplayer play. Uh, I mean, Japan, they've, they, you know, the... Um, kind of idea is that they they live so close together and uh especially you know people in cities that they're never too far away from someone else with a psp who wants to play monster hunter with them right um which is why psp is still so big and they've got so many games that kind of you know have the ad hoc play but not but not online play for exactly and then they these games come over to the states and you're wondering why why is there no you know what they call infrastructure online play you know because I don't have a neighbor upstairs or a friend on the bus that is going to have a PSP with them. So this is worthless. But that's an interesting – I've never thought about things that way, that there, yeah, you're looking at a population density that's 
such that you know you you will have a high concentration of people that love this system, that love the games, you know, that are they're close to each other, and yeah, ad hoc multiplayer actually makes sense. Mm. Hmm. But anyway, to wrap up uh, this segment, which we've probably gone on far too long about uh, 3DS, um, I yeah, I can't really say if I recommend it uh, to everyone yet. Uh, I mean, normally when a console comes out, the general line is wait till there's a game that you really want for it to buy the system, um, and it, that probably applies here too. But I mean, if you you're a kind of person who will get use out of the uh, you know the street passing and the augmented reality. It's a, a not bad investment right now. Um, I mean the price was considered quite high for it uh, initially, but at least here in the UK, uh, there's been like a price war, so it's you can actually get it for not that much more than the original DS cost when it right. came out originally. So um, yeah, I'd say you know. Again, wait for a game that you want. You really, really want to get it, like the new new Zelda. Um, oh, yeah, Zelda! It, yeah, well, remade Zelda, reimagined, <laughs> remastered, <Semantic>. reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, HDified. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if if you're going to get use out of the the pedometer, the street pass, uh, all the me stuff, if you enjoyed that on the on the Wii, um, yeah, I'd say uh, check it out. Cool. Excellent. Well, I have in part been silent because uh, on our uh, little text chat here between uh, the uh, the four of us, uh, Heather offered a link to what I can only describe as a, uh, a concentrated collection of uh, utter misogyny. And <laughs> I think uh, the, the, the big question uh, that uh, we need to ask ourselves is, what is the difference? Is there a difference between hatred of women and just uh, a good old male chauvinism? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the difference? fact that you put the good old before there is <laughs> outstanding. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, all right. So we've got Duke Nukem. <sighs> Which is a joke to begin with. It has been on how many uh, vaporware lists? Has won the award for being uh, uh, an illusory, if non-existent, uh, uh, property. Um, I, I think for some time an embarrassment, but now it seems to be uh, paying dividends, just as far as a, a conversation piece. And right, well, lately, want to see what the or a dissertation like. on trolling. Exactly right. Right the. Uh, uh, I guess just just to focus on uh, the the matter at, the matter at hand. Um, there's a game type apparently. Uh, it's, it's just been what uh, shown in a trailer um, called the uh, Capture the Babe, and it is a uh, variation of Capture the Flag. I'm guessing it's a voluptuous, scantily clad uh, chick who is carried what over the shoulder of uh, some big beefy. Uh, uh, fellow and uh after a while i'm guessing if the uh, uh the the defending team stymies the uh, uh offending team the girl will start to squirm and try to get away at which point uh she needs to be slapped on the buttocks ah yes the women in the game are oh hi you are the equivalent of an inanimate object now i i had no interest in playing duke nukem before this so it's like, oh, one more reason not to have any interest. Yeah, it, it, it 
doesn't seem to affect you. It, it doesn't necessarily bother me, and I don't know if it bothers a lot of people just because this is Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem is not known for being any sort of a... <laughs> anything besides, as you said, good old male chauvinism. <laughs> male chauvinism, right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, no IQ above 93 required. Um... Yeah. I'm meanwhile excitedly looking for video of this mode, and I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> the internet's failing. Excitedly? Oh, dear. You could probably find Rule 34 video of it, but actual video. Man. What a bummer. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, no. I did find a dancing cat, but that's not the same thing. No. It probably has more moral fiber and general value, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm kind of with Mike on this. As much as I um, will always champion uh, seeing authentic representations of women in video games, um, that is not something I would ever expect from Duke Nukem. Um, if Duke Nukem was anything but misogynistic, um, in, I would argue, a tongue-in-cheek way, um, I think that it it would no longer be Duke Nukem. Um, that's sort of the whole point of this franchise. Um, it's everything about it is over the top. I think the fact that it's uh, just a multiplayer mode as well, and it's kind of going back to uh, we talked about the uh, the Call of not Call of Duty, um, what's it called, Medal of Honor, uh, the controversy about uh, you know playing. As the the Taliban. Oh yes, playing as the um, Taliban. Yep. Yeah, I I took and you know and they subsequently renamed the Taliban to you know op for opposing force. Um, <laughs> yes, to uh, to you know uh, stifle complaints from various people. I kind of taken the same stance, like because it's multiplayer, it's kind of even less you know serious. There's sort of kind of no context of you know where these multiplayer modes take place they you know the, the dudes killing each other over and over again um this kind of weird groundhog day reality that is you know competitive multiplayer games nowhere in um, particular stan yeah yeah um <laughs> bloody screen yeah. so real <laughs> so oh, real yeah that, that was that amazing i'm grinding tears yeah. i'm grinding tears <laughs> but that said knowing this franchise Duke's probably going to be getting up to worse stuff than that in the the campaign. Um, like, I mean, if you guys have seen any of the trailers so far, I mean, there, there was one just uh, released called Babes, and there were lots of women doing, you know, the things that you'd expect them to be doing in a Duke Nukem game. So, yeah, this might just be the tip of the iceberg in a way. Um, <laughs> it's, I, don't know, I guess... It's more of a blatant and evident example of some of the misogyny that happens in video games anyways. But when it's that blatant, it's like, okay, I'm just not going to touch it. Not going um, there. My question is, what sort of strip clubs is Duke Nukem frequent? Are these American strip clubs or Canadian <laughs> strip clubs? There's a difference. Because there is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> you know this from experience? I'm silent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I, I seem to remember, uh, was it a strip club or was it like some exotic bar with scantily clad women? 
um, that was part of a uh, a trailer, like an in-game trailer for Duke Nukem about a billion years ago. Well, in in the first game, didn't he like? Didn't it open in a strip club? Yeah, on the first the level. The first yes, level, the, you were he was in a strip club, and then the the pigs invaded. That's right, the pigs. Yep. And you could give a stripper some money, and she'd you know take off her top for like you know those five frames of animation that uh, they had back then. Um, yes, the whole thing looked mosaic because that's as good as the graphics could be rendered. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. To me, this is what Duke Nukem is, was, and is, uh, and ever shall be, and ever Forever. shall be. Yeah, forever. <laughs> I'll grow out of it eventually. Mm. Uh, well, I'm not going to hold my breath. Part of the, it's worth noting that part of the, the controversy around this uh, came from the early ambiguity about the, the mode itself. Um, as you were saying, Ed, I don't think there's been actually any gameplay or screenshots of this mode. It was only talked about in a text article. And okay. they, they weren't very clear about how you were striking this woman uh, or these women. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I take that back then. I, I thought that there was uh, uh, evidence of it, but... Uh... No. Um, so I'm reading from the OneUp article, a uh, news article about it. Um, and they, they actually had to come out and uh, the CEO of Gearbox, who's developing it, came out and clarified that uh, you're not like... Uh, hitting the woman in the face or anything like that, even though she is still struggling. You're just slapping her ass. I mean, come on. Yeah, because (laughs) that's not bothersome at all. Obviously, I want some random dude to, you know, pick me up, carry me around the battlefield over his shoulder and slap me on the ass, obviously. (laughs) Well, this is... It's all good fun. It's like a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> That's the thing. I think there's <laughs> isn't the seventies anymore, Ed. <laughs> Sorry to break that to wait, you. Wait a second. Wait a second. W- women in the workplace. Somebody what? else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I. It's... I am going to uh, go into your computer and set WordPad as the default program. <laughs> no, I, I think. Uh, I, unless I'm mistaken, and 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 uh, uh, the entirety of this is a lot darker or just cruder than any of us imagines or maybe just me um but i wonder if it's just tapping into this rarefied uh uh old boys club kind of mentality exactly you know i mean you know benny hill oh i'm a dumb benny hill and he's oh no sir women in our games you know he's old boys club And mom is my good friend. Her oh, name is yeah. Cherry. Did you, you know? see the complaints <laughs> about uh, Dragon Age Two and the romance options from people? Personally, I like the I like the Penny Arcade comic where uh, one of them was upset because he couldn't have any man dragon love. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, just as as an aside, it was very strange. I, I had a male dwarf, and uh, I th- I think he uh, he went all the way with uh, Morgan, and it was a little <laughs> unsettling. I discovered in the first Dragon Age that the skins for character bodies and character faces were completely different tones. Yeah, that's a bit disconcerting. That's well. Is, why can't developers keep their light adult out of my video games? I, yeah. I don't want light adult in my video games. That's what Cinemax is for. You yeah. know, I, I don't. I don't need that. I think. Going back to Duke Nukem, this reminds me of Porky's. That's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of of uh, uh, Frat Boy when Frat Boy 
meant something again less less dark than it often. It was more innocence, just just to, innocent you know, bodiness. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it's it's off color. It's it's silly. Boys yeah. will be boys. 